This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here on the Mark Madden Show, Tim Ben's in for Mark. If you're just joining us, the Steelers roster cuts are in. They came in a little after 4 o'clock and... I was always trying to do the math in my head and read them all and talk at the same time and figure out who they kept when they cut somebody else. Obviously, I didn't do the calculus right to come up with two punters. That's how we bring on Chris Adamski right now from the Trib. He's my colleague over at Trib Live. Read me daily breakfast with Ben's. Read Joe Rudder and Chris Adamski for all their Steelers coverage there. The two-punter strategy is an interesting one, Chris. Uh, unless I imagine one of these guys is about to be traded, I would think it's Braden Mann. And, uh, the Eagles, is that the most likely team that he's going to? Is that what uh, X is telling you as well? Yeah, I mean, I'll, be, I'll <laughs> take it to a new level, not trusting the offense, right? Maybe all this um, um, optimism over Mac Canada is a little misplaced that they decided to keep two punters because they're going to wear the punter's <laughs> leg out or something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously there's there's something in the works, and um, it, whatever the compensation is, it must be enough to risk whatever player it is they had to put on waivers to get back, or, or maybe there's some other deal that the Steelers are working on to bring in somebody else for another position. There, there's some other, obviously, corresponding move here to happen. But, yeah, the, 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 hey, you know, you go through it the first time, and I'm like, well, and I'm trying to figure it out, and then you're like, oh, there's two punters. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I did. I was trying to figure out, I was going, yeah. you know, carrying the one, how many have I forgotten about here, and the, the two punters was one I just didn't didn't count on. Uh, how about some of the other moves, specifically the release of Gentry? Was that, to you, the most surprising one? Yeah, you know, it, it's I, I, surprising. I, it's unexpected, maybe, but I, I guess you can't really be surprised, right, that they would keep four tight ends when they've never done that before. 
and especially when you consider that, you know, obviously the other three weren't going to be cut, right? So I, I don't know. I mean, it's surprising to me, but you also can't be surprised if that makes sense because it just wasn't probably going to happen. I thought maybe because they didn't have a true fullback on the roster, they could justify keeping them, keeping all four of them by making Connor Hayward the, the de facto fullback. You know, people make a big deal about the fullback. They use them flash snaps a game. I mean, does it really matter? You know, as if I don't think, you know, Connor Hayward couldn't handle those duties or can't handle those duties. So, I, I still thought Gentry would make it. He's liked by the by his teammates, liked by the coaches, but it really is a redundant uh, situation. You have Darnell Washington, another similarly huge tight end who can block well and frankly can block better than Gentry anyway. So it really wasn't much need to. And if free agency was had happened after the draft, I'm sure the Steelers wouldn't have re-signed Gentry. It's just sort of the way things worked out. How about Cook and Anderson both making the final 53 along the offensive line? Um. Those are two guys that you could tell, you know, well, the different, listen, I wasn't, I'm not going to sit here and act like I was watching Dylan Cook the first two or three weeks of camp, right? Um, that, that third offensive line unit usually has no chance, especially if they're you know, like a first-year guy who'd been on a practice squad last year. But you start to notice a little bit, he's working his way up in the second team, and you start to pay attention a little bit more, and you see what they see there. This guy was a quarterback, not at Montana, not at Montana State, at Montana State Northern. A directional Montana school, okay. Um, <laughs> in 2008, up to 2018, he was a, you know, he was a, he was a real good high school quarterback in, in Montana. What that's worth, and he then he transferred to the University of Montana and became an offensive tackle and became something of a pro prospect. Spent last year in the practice squad of the Bucks, so the Steelers and then, but then the Bucks cut him in May, uh, let him go. So you kind of think, well, what's really here? But he does, he fits the exact pro. He's a big guy. Um, he's a lot like the Villanueva comparison. I'm not going to say he's going to be a long-time starter at tackle for the Steelers, but that's when, when they signed him, that was what they were, I'm sure they were looking at. They don't have Mike Munchak anymore. I know Pat Meyer is uh, respected, maybe not to the Munchak level of developing and, and rehabilitation type projects or reclamation projects like that, but it's the same thing where Villanueva wasn't an offensive lineman. You know, it doesn't have that pedigree or the background in it, and but they saw the size, they saw the footwork, they saw some of the raw skills and thought they could turn him into a player, and Heck, they've only had him for three months, and you could tell there by the end of camp in the preseason, I, I think the big thing, as I put on the X, is that uh, he played guard uh, during that last preseason game, played some, some attack on some at guard, and we didn't really embarrass himself in the interior, but thought that he didn't really play too much during reps up at St. Vincent. That kind of showed he has versatility enough that he could be worthy of being an NFL rostered player. Are you at all surprised? Uh, but- I'm sorry, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say Spencer Anderson. Yeah, seventh round pick. I, I, he's been he's been studied the entire time. He can play everywhere. You know, I don't know if he's ever going to be an NFL starter, but he's a perfect guy to have on your bench because he's capable at all five spots. And you know, and he, maybe he will start at some point, but certainly for now, and being a draft pick and what he's shown, he's he's worthy. Of, he was not a surprise at all making the roster. Did you think that they might just stick with the true run stuffer and Fajoko along the defensive line instead of uh, keeping the more multifaceted guys like uh, Loudermilk and Watts? Um, you know, I, I was, uh, people were, I, I was expected, I was sort of going against the grain on that. I, I picked Fidoko to be the one that let out or, or the one left out of that group. And there had to be one, at least one defensive lineman who, as I think was all clear by everybody, I think the Steelers are pretty much open about it. They had one extra defensive lineman who's an NFL player. And I, I just thought maybe, so I guess it's a surprise because I thought I'm usually wrong <laughs> on these things, but I, I just thought as the, he was a little less versatile than the other candidates. I don't. I think Loudermilk they didn't want to give up on yet. Remember, he's a guy that they were actively trading for in the fifth round pick, right? But it's so yeah, actively they trade a fourth round in a future year to 
drafted him in the fifth round three years ago, and so they really saw him as a perfect fit. Uh, obviously, they targeted him, and you saw a lot of promise as a rookie last year. He sort of regressed, but I didn't think they were ready to give up on him quite yet is where I'm going with that. And But, yeah, it, so then it becomes like a Fidoko or, or Watts or, or Martravius Adams situation, and I think they're comfortable with that, what Adams does. And then you're down to Watts and Fidoko, and Watts is more versatile, can play you know more that end, or not necessarily end, but the nickel tackle, let's say, where Fahoko is going to be sort of just, just kind of a nose. So I'm not too surprised, but I also wouldn't be surprised then, of course, if Fahoko's back in the practice squad anyway. I was just about to say, yeah, a reminder that all these guys can wind up back with them on the practice squad, potentially. Chris Adamski with us from Trib Live, talking about the Steeler cuts that were just made at the top of the hour. Um, the Kwiatkowski thing uh, only surprises me in the sense that um, – you know, I thought perhaps because they let Tanner Muse go first, they might keep him, but now they're going with just the four experienced guys inside linebacker. They also had that stat out there that was kicked around by a lot of folks in the media that no other team in the NFL had as few snaps as they did from linebackers on special teams. So I thought they might keep one of those two guys for strictly special teams purposes, and maybe they thought that Kwiatkowski, the local kid, was uh, better as a linebacker if needed than Muse was, but they let him go, and, and they must be totally happy with the two backups at outside linebacker because Perales and um, Quincy Roche, they, they had pretty good camps and preseasons, I thought. Yeah, uh, but you only really need to dress the, the four, have it for yeah. a game, so and I don't think they were in danger of losing either one of those guys, and if they did, you shrug your shoulders and wish them good luck. Um, they'll be on the practice squad, I imagine, so you have that depth in case there, <laughs> there is or when. Uh, as the usual host of your show might say, this show might say, uh, T.J. Watkins injured during the throughout the season. You have that extra depth, and you and you have really two just really good quality backups. You got to feel like right now, and Herbig and Golden. So I, I don't think that's too much. I, you know, Kwiatkowski might be the guy um, when the punter's traded. Uh, that might be the extra one. That's the one that, that, that at least that's my early pick or something. You know, get another and that slot essentially is a special teamer. Whether it is Muse, I thought it'd be Muse. And I guess it's, I don't know why it still couldn't be. I don't know why they cut him a day early or two days early, um, why that would play out that way. But it did, um, I, you know, unless they go, there's a couple other spots it could be, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if he maybe is the, the guy that, that gets brought back. Um, and just, just to sort of uh, straighten out why I mentioned the Eagles, they cut their punter. They don't have a rostered okay, punter right well. now. So that's why I brought up the <laughs> Eagles for one of the well. two Steelers punters. Now also, though, Corliss Waitman, a former Steeler, he was let go by the Patriots yesterday. That's another guy that could be out there. Uh, there's been a lot of movement with kickers, and now I guess today is punter day. Uh, yesterday was so much more about kicker day that had everybody buzzing around the National Football League, guys going from place to place. Uh, what do you think the goal is for McFarland this year? The goal for McFarland? Um, like they what, can actually try to feeling? incorporate him, use him, or is he just break glass in case of emergency all season? Yeah, you know, I, I think – well, he doesn't – he's a different type. Because Benny Snell, believe it or not, for, for – I want to say better for worse, he was one of their top special teamers right, last year. Right, yeah. So that, that, yeah, so and, – and McFarland's not – he's going to be the kickoff returner for what that's worth in the modern NFL. Is that worth anything right now? So it is – you know, but I, I think another situation where it's like I was surprised they, they wouldn't give up – they wouldn't give up on Loudermilk is like this McFarland thing. Man, they took him in the fourth round, maybe overdrafted him. He didn't do anything his rookie year. He looked really good that second camp, and then he got hurt. Uh, so then he was kind of behind. He, they drafted Najee Harris, and it just sort of his career sort of 
spiral, but he's really had his renaissance during this camp and this preseason. It's like this is his last shot, right? You see that that dose, that kind of straight line speed and that he had, and that kind of you know you can. I wouldn't be surprised they have a package or two for him. But you're right, though. How do you uh, you can justify? You already have a, a, a finite number of snaps for to get get Jalen Warren on the field and Najee Harris. So I, you know it is sort of uh, I, I don't know, but I, I don't like, I don't see him being an every down. But like Benny Snell, at least despite him not really having a role, did, his role was if everybody got hurt, he'd be a, he could carry the ball 25 times a game, right? Um, McFarland's not going to be that guy. So I, I have to think they see a package for him to be sort of, you know, whatever it is and, and just a play to, I, I don't know if it'll work, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's worth a shot like they did in kind of his rookie year, a little bit of second year before he got hurt where there were these sort of, and, and he has that, that, that speed, you know, maybe if he, he breaks one play over the season, I guess it's worth it. Is Gentry gone because they kept both Olszewski and Boykin or because they kept both Riley and Sullivan at that slot corner position? Is like one of those two extra roster spots the one that cost Gentry? Yeah, although I, I feel like maybe that the, the extra, you know, Riley could be a an emergency safety too, uh, you know, that they in the, in the secondary and an extra body to put there, I, you know, so I, the gunner thing, I, I, as, as explosive as Calvin Austin is and as good as the returner he looks, he, he, he still kind of like makes sure you, you watch him. He kind of double clutched a couple of those catches during these games, punt catches during these games. So I think they like having gunner around as a insurance, which is kind of ironic because last year he lost the job as a, because of dropping punts uh, as an insurance, as a return, man. I think that's the main reason he's probably still on the roster. And I can't, you know, it's like, they had this package for him on offense last year, and that's fine and whatever. It didn't really do anything, but, you know, it just have something. But now you have Calvin Austin for that role to take the ends around and things like that. Like, you really need Gunnar Olszewski around for that, but it's not a surprise either that he made the team. I think it is mostly as kind of insurance as the veteran. Well, again, though, is he a reliable returner if he lost the job last year because he kept dropping the ball? I don't know, but that's the way they probably view him. And, and, and Boykin's just a reliable special team yeah. guy that's, He's going to be like Darius Hayward Bay. He's going to be around for six or seven <laughs> years just doing that role, and that's it. <laughs> All right, appreciate it, Buzz. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Tim. See you around. All right, Chris Adamski joining us from Trib Live. Read his work and Joe Rudder's work there as they talk about the roster.